0: Hello and welcome to The Late Late Show. My name is Catherine Taylor. Tonight my special guest is Katrina Blunt. I'll be chatting to uh, Katrina about being the research lead in her school and how she navigates and the challenges of bridging the theory practice gap. Good evening, good evening. You're listening to The Late Late Show with Katherine Taylor. And uh, tonight on the show, we've got the lovely Katrina Blunt here to talk to us. Katrina is the research lead in her school, and uh, she's going to be talking to us about how she navigates the benefits and challenges of building uh, bridging sorry, the theory practice gap. And we'll be talking about how she helps the staff in her school to develop their research skills, which has led to lots and lots of benefits for researchers um, and also in her, in her school. So she's really, really excited about uh, research. She really enjoys it. And uh, we're gonna hear a little bit from her in a moment. Um, I'm speaking to you live from Buckinghamshire and uh, let's bring Katrina into the conversation. Hi Katrina how are you can you hear me? I can
1: hear you thank you yes Uh, I'm really good thank you Uh, it's great to be here Um, I was going to say actually it's it's quite late for me to still be awake after the first few days back at school (laughs) so I've got a lovely cup of tea in front of me so hopefully. Oh
0: fabulous well you're you're very welcome and uh, you know I think we are sort of peas in a pod to an extent because You know, I'm very, very keen on my educational research, and I know that you have done an awful lot of stuff in your school, um, sort of really building up in in terms of the the research engagement in your school. so I just want to, list, before we start to get into it, Katrina, I'm just going to remind our listeners that if you're listening in live and you'd like to join us either um, to post questions into the chat, and I can see that Paul's here, hi Paul, great to have you listening this evening, Paul, great friend of the show, um, and also if you want to call in, you can, um, you can download the Podbean app and visit ttradio.org and click on listen live on the homepage, this will take you directly to the show, and there you can post your comments and ask questions during our conversation once I've Spoken to Katrina in a bit more depth. I'll open up for any of you who'd like to call in, and you can call that uh, call in by pressing the icon at the top of the screen on your phone's app. If you click this, I'll collect. I'll be able to connect you. Um, so, how are you today, Katrina?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm excited to be here, Catherine. Thank you for inviting me on.
0: No, you're very welcome. It's always good, and and I think you know one of the the most exciting things about this this sort of broadcast um service in general of t- teachers talk radio is that it is really about teachers talking to other teachers and uh, and i think those that leads to some really authentic conversations so i'm really happy that you've um, joined us this evening um and i know that uh, Coming on the radio, it's it's a bit of a strange sensation. So I, I hope that you're going to relax into it and we're going to have a really good chat. But but it really is all about teachers having authentic conversations. So really really happy to have you on this evening, Katrina. Um, I wonder if you could um, set the scene for our listeners and just let us know what a typical day or week is like for you, as far as your current role is concerned. Maybe just tell us the title of the role and the kinds of things that you would do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I mean, obviously, there isn't really such a thing as a typical day in schools, is there? But I have um, three main roles at my school. Um, So I'm a maths teacher, uh, teaching all ages from year seven to year 13. Um, This is probably the most predictable part of of what I do in terms of things like planning and marking. Uh, You know, I plan for the week ahead before I leave school on a Friday, so I can sort of switch off over the weekend and then be ready for sort of anything that the, that the, the world throws at me the following week. Um, I'm also head of year seven. Um, I would say this is sort of less predictable. Um, I'm working with the year seven, supporting their transition as they come in from all their different primary schools and obviously throughout their first year at secondary school and of course anything can happen in this role I could receive some emails I could need to make some phone calls um students or staff could come by stop by my office and and come and see me at perhaps break or lunch asking for some support or for some guidance on something so that's a really varied and busy part of my role um, I mm-hmm. never sort of assume I'll get any uh, any uh my uh free periods but um it can also feel a bit overwhelming as there could be so much to do but um, I do really love that part of my role as well and Sort of supporting all of the students. Um, and then the third part of my role is obviously, as you've mentioned, the research lead um, side of things. Uh, that's obviously why I'm, I'm here this evening. Um, now, I do think, you know, really this could be a full time role, but obviously, you know, schools don't have uh, the luxury of having full time uh, research leads. Um, you know, there's so many opportunities out there that, that you know, if only we had time to, to sort of access all of them. Indeed. Um, <laughs> so the, the core parts of this role. Um, so they're fairly structured around a research programme uh, that we run each year and that we've been running uh, for the last five years. Um, and so I, I run this research programme um, with the team of staff researchers. And I can give you uh, lots more detail about how that runs and how that works later on. if, if, if um, Yes, that's, of interest. Yeah. that's perfect. Um, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I'm working with the team of researchers each week and what we're working on does vary. Sort of depending where we are in the school year um, and in that research process as we go through the year, um, and I support the, the researchers as we follow that process and that program. Um, one big part of this role is also at, at the end of each year when all the researchers have, have completed all their research, then we actually publish an in-house journal. So that's quite a, a quite a big task, actually. Yeah, yeah. Collate all the research that the researchers have done. Um, I work with the designer to you know make it you know a, a really um, really good journal um, and then obviously many many hours of proofreading to to sort of make sure as far as possible that everything is is is, is pretty much perfect and we haven't sort of missed anything Um, I also spend time speaking with people in other schools as much as I can um, and I am always really keen to work with others and and collaborate where possible um, in terms of research obviously we've had conversations about that before uh, Catherine so um, you know I do have quite a busy time of it I think much like everyone who works in schools really um but I do love my job and I feel really really very fortunate to be able to do so many sort of different things that, that do make a difference so uh, so yeah that's, that's that's sort of how my uh, that's my, day weeks go
0: my, my head's spinning <laughs> I mean I take my hat off to you I've, uh, I've I'm very much on the uh, academic side and uh, sort of teacher CPD I think the Anyone who's prepared to sort of have the more reactive role of the pastoral side, I absolutely, uh, utmost respect to you because, uh, <laughs> I, I do completely appreciate how it can completely derail your your plans for your day. So, uh, it's, it's a really interesting role you've got there with so many facets to it, which is brilliant. Thank you mm. for talking us through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to play while we, uh, while we sort of consider some, some some a bit more about your role. I'm just going to play the uh, adverts and then we'll come back to you in a moment, if that's all right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I bet UK is just two weeks away. Are you ready to join 30,000 attendees, 600 plus exhibitors on seven content stages from 120 countries and see Louis Theroux, Dame Darcy Bustle, Jason Arday, Laura Karner, Baroness Fluella Benjamin, Dan Fitzpatrick, Mr. PICT, and so much more. I might need to bring my trainers. The best part educators go free get your ticket now at uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration
3: this show is brought to you in partnership with john Cat educational publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world have you checked out their latest releases use the code jcttr 2324 for 20% off your order don't miss out visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today happy reading
2: introducing eton x from eton college a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more.
0: Excellent. And we're back with uh, Katrina. It's so great to have you on the show tonight. Welcome back everyone listening as well. Um, We've got Katrina Blunt who's uh, ringing in today. She's a research lead amongst many other facets of her role in her school. And uh, Katrina, we've talked a little bit about your work and your context already just to set the scene. And now I think it would be great to dig a little deeper into that. And I wonder if you could Talk to us about what drew you into educational research and made you want to work in this area.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, I've got quite a varied work background actually. So I came into teaching as a second career, and actually, sort of actually even a third career. Um, I've got uh, an industry background originally, and I, and I previously worked in marketing, which does sound quite a, a long way from where I am now. Um, but within that, I had quite a few different, quite analytical roles. Um, mm-hmm. These included things like um, having to build business cases, which often required a lot of research and data collection and anal- analysis, um, developing new products and cost, uh, customer propositions, uh, which again, needed lots of customer market research. Um, I also had one role, role um, analysing advertising spend. Uh, that oh, involved right. That involved huge amounts of data. Um, I was working with an external econometric modeling company. We were trying to make sense of you know, where the advertising money w- was and wasn't working. Um, mm-hmm. I also come from a family of scientists uh, with actually a couple of teachers thrown in. So I think all of that has made me quite an analytical person. And I tend to research sort of everything before I do anything, which, which can be quite annoying sometimes, actually. You know, it would be quite quite good to be able to go with the flow a bit more. But but it, I do think it means I'm well suited to a research role. Um, in terms of educational research, um, I did a couple of quite small scale projects around the time I was teacher training. Um, mm-hmm. These were really part of my enrichment. I, they weren't sort of big full research projects or anything, um, but they kind of gave me a taste for doing educational research. Um, then within a year or two of me starting working at my current school, um, there was a research working party set up Um, And it just sounded exactly the kind of thing that I really wanted to to join and find out more. Mm. Um, And so sort of getting together with like-minded people, um, I was just interested in finding out more about how I could try new things in my teaching, um, getting more involved in the research and and also really learning how to do research properly. Um, So within the first year that I was in that group, um, I did a maths project sort of within my own classroom. Um, I was looking at um, developing my students' problem-solving skills um, and looking at you know teaching domain specific knowledge uh using direct instruction which there's been quite a big debate about you know yeah, over, yeah. over the years um I enjoyed that so much then I decided to do a master's in education um so that took the next couple of years um and when I was doing my dissertation I sort of did that kind of alongside the research working party sort of supported by the process um even though the timings you know, didn't didn't quite match um, but I went away and did that as I just really enjoyed my involvement in the research team so much really yeah. um, and I think it's that getting involved with research in in school it's it's through things like introducing new ideas in the classroom you know testing and learning different things sharing those ideas with colleagues um, you know it all helps us to develop our teaching you know for the benefit of of our students um, I also do think researching some of the big topics is also really important you know we need to make sure We're sort of staying at the the forefront of the issues and changes um, within education Um, and you know from my perspective you know helping others to develop the skills to be able to do that as well is really really rewarding which is obviously what i'm doing more of of now uh, in my role as as research lead
0: yeah no that's that's really fascinating and you know obviously there's a couple of things that are coming out um, at me from that which is obviously the the love of the research the the want to perhaps test for yourself certain um, pedagogical strategies that might be under debate in in sort of the wider world or whatever but also that collaborative element you know you've you've mentioned a couple of times where you really enjoyed Mm -hmm. talking with colleagues and I think that's such an important part of it I mean in my research every time I find a school where there's really positive um, teaching and learning for the adults it always comes down to schools where they've put in some kind of strategy for collaboration and co-creation and and mm. i just think that's so key i wonder before we move on would you would you be able to share with us um perhaps an example of some of the things that a colleague or perhaps even yourself might have researched
1: um yeah absolutely i mean if i think about the last five years, you know, we have, um, there's, there's been, you know, over 35 projects that have been done um, within school. Um, so, you know, there's loads of them to choose from. And they really do range in, you know, from sort of your individual teacher doing a kind of um, lesson study within their own classroom um, yeah. to, um, you know, people working together to test and learn different, sort of the same thing across different classrooms and different subject areas, right up into, you know, some of the the sort of big projects that have been done. If I give you a couple of examples or a few examples. Um, So we've had um, a literacy project. This started about, I think it's one of the first projects that that was done. Um, They were looking at, um, a couple of our English teachers were looking at an audit uh, of the approach to liter- literacy across the school. Um, it was a project that they started doing for one year, then it evolved into a project for the second year. Um, and that actually led to a, a whole school literacy uh, lead role being created. Um, so that's kind of one of the bigger whole school projects. We've had um, you know uh, teachers looking at things like um, language acquisition through different apps and gaming. Sort of systems right, yeah. on, on chromebooks so we had uh, one of our teachers looked at that a number of years ago looking at um spanish um language acquisition and now we've got a, a teacher looking this year at latin uh, language right, acquisition okay. as well so very different but using that now because we've we've introduced chromebooks at our school and it's it's seeing how we can use those best in the classroom as well so it sort mm-hmm. of all links in together um there's been quite a lot of projects done in the field of sort of diversity um that's again, been within um, uh, individual classrooms, individual um, subject areas, looking at particular course, uh, you know, textbooks, for example, to see if they're representative, Um, looking at um, sort of the... um, Diversity of the students and then the diversity of the teacher workforce, and looking at uh, role models and, and those kinds of things. Um, there's been a big project recently. One of our members of staff she actually did a project with an external organization, uh, which was a fantastic opportunity. And actually, we've had a few. Members of staff that have, have done projects um, externally as well. Um, this one in particular was looking at positive masculinity. Um, All right. A, yes. Again, this this evolved over uh, over a couple of years. So what started out um, through sort of conversations with students about what does masculinity um, look like, feel like? Give, you know, that she, she did a lot of work, sort of. Um, discussions journaling that kind of thing uh, with with student groups Um, that led to then the the second year her looking at a sort of um, personal development program Uh, that then evolved into looking at um, positive masculinity through art and as I said journaling and discussion and and it it sort of became quite quite a big project so Mm. you know we've got as I said um, you know a real variety of projects um, and really what we say at the moment really is that you know if staff have an area of interest you know we want them to research it you know mm. we're not saying right you actually you can't do that or you have to research these particular areas we want people to pick their areas of interest you know they're, they're more motivated um to carry yeah, out yeah, research and see, yeah. you know see those projects through um and because they mean something to them um mm. you know then it, it can then lead to to discussions across the school and and other people pick up on the things that have been been researched and then they look to see how they can apply some of those things in their own classroom Um, I mean I I mentioned the the research program that we do and actually we have a formal kind of more formal process of of sharing the research that we do Um, but certainly there are all those conversations that are going on you know all the way through the year as we become as a school you know more and more uh, sort of research engaged, really. Um, so would you I,
0: say it's really sort of influenced the culture of the school then?
1: Yeah, I do think so. You know, if I think back to sort of um, five years ago when we sort of, so we're in our sixth year now, but at the end of the first year, it was the first time that we had um, had a staff forum that had been given over to research, where the mm-hmm. staff researchers all then presented the work that they'd been doing. And we had, I guess we had kind of no idea how it would be received um all the staff across the school picked a couple of um project presentations that they wanted to come and see they they're they're able to pick ones that they are you know they feel that are more relevant to what they're doing or something they're more interested in um so they they picked two to go and see and we had absolutely no idea um you know how we were going to be received as i mm. said and, and and actually i mean i that was the year that i presented my maths project um to the, to the staff and you know, I, I felt a real buzz. I was giving the presentation. People were asking lots of questions. People were coming up to me afterwards to ask. You know, you know, I'm thinking about what you said, and and I'm thinking about how that, you know, how that could um, transfer into to, to my subject area or my my classroom. Um, and then over the last five years and into our sixth year now, we still have every year. You know six seven eight teachers that that really want to take part and do some research you know ev- every year it's a little bit like oh gosh have we have we exhausted <laughs> all the people that might want to research but actually um there's always a group of people and and some staff do come back i was going to gonna ask actually yeah. whether you get
0: repeat business <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so i've mentioned obviously a couple of projects where the same project has evolved into a sort of a, an extension of the project where the staff member has has continued working on it for another year but we've also had staff that have done perhaps a project in one area and then they've looked and you know they've come back and they've done a project in a completely different area and then they've come back and they've you know they're thinking about doing another project in another area um and you know i think that that's great for them as well you know you can have these big interest areas that sort of evolve into into another year's worth of project in the same same kind of research field Mm. um, or actually you've got people that are thinking well I've 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 done this piece of research I've found out whatever I found out I may you know a teacher may change their own um, pedagogy in their own classroom then thinking well actually now I want to try this thing over here and Mm. um, you know we had one staff member that was looking at um, he did his first project I think on um, whether there was a link between um, participation in extracurricular activities with Mm. sort of achievement and outcomes um, in the classroom and in in results Um, and then he's come he came back and he's then done another project on whether uh, he compared using for example google forms with um, sort of paper based low stakes testing to see if there was any difference in those and he did it across a couple of different um, year 10 classes and um, so they're very very different projects but he's come back and he's wanted to test something else you know and we've got this program that that sort of is is a quite tried and tested in school now yes. which means that people trust in the process they you know people want to be part of it um, and then they do come back for more so, so we do sort of get this, re- this this repeat business um which is fantastic yeah.
0: That's really brilliant. And and I want to talk to you a little bit more about the process, actually, because, um, you know, obviously you've got the research itself, but at the at the next level, it's all about you mentioned earlier, the research skills. And I, I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about how you go about helping teachers and supporting them to sort of take a bit of a, a more robust methodological approach to their research and and applying the skills that that presumably you've developed during your masters and your other activities but you know the skills of analysis the skills of um sort of trying to make sure they don't fall into the traps of confirmation bias and and Mm -hmm. wishful thinking and things like that so how do you go about setting the scene for your teachers in order to help them become sort of research practitioners in your school
1: yeah i mean in terms of sort of setting the scene i mean I think because, as I said, it's a sort of tried and tested programme that has, as you say, it has sort of evolved over the time that we've been doing it. Um, Again, if I think back to my first maths project, you know, there were lots of things that I still I didn't know how to do. And I wasn't necessarily doing, you know, I guess properly if there's a a sort of a properly way of doing things. But having been through. Um, my master's and the the process and the the rigour of doing a a master's dissertation then I was able to bring quite a lot of that back into the programme which has then helped it to evolve um, over the time I certainly haven't been the only person that's been evolving it but you know the person that's that's sort of running it running it now Mm -hmm. Um, in in terms of sort of setting the scene we I've talked about um, the recruitment of researchers so um, I, I mean in terms of the process it sort of ends with the staff forum that i've talked about all that before i then talk about how they then write up the research but um so the the, if i think about the academic year that the program is run over um recruitment sort of really starts at the moment it starts um around about the time when staff are seeing other people research and the Mm -hmm. presentations that they're giving so that sort of june time sort of as we're getting towards the end of the academic year um teachers will be seeing this research they'll be suddenly then You know, they may have been having some ideas already about some research, thinking about it, but that's probably the catalyst sometimes for them to step forward, put their hand up and say, actually, yeah, you know, actually, I'd quite like to do some research next year. Um, so then we start to have some of those conversations, as I said, at the end of the academic year. Mm-hmm. And then in the September, so September that's just gone, so I've, I launched the research programme um, for this year. Um, and then the teachers that have sort of signed up, as you were, uh, you know, to, to do the research. So we all get together. We start talking about the um, their ideas for the research, some of the reading, what's brought them here in terms of, of wanting to t- undertake a piece of research. Um, And then we spend sort of September to about October half term carrying on reading. Um, And this is where, you know, depending on who's in the room and whether they've done research before, will sort of help determine what it is that we talk about and the the sort of level of detail and the depth that we go into. Because if I've got teachers who've already done research, they don't need the same perhaps yeah, the same yeah, level yeah. of support as those that have never done a piece of research before. So I can really tailor those sessions. But um, so as I said, September, October is sort of the reading. But it's also about how do you find sources? How do you make sure they're sort of credible You know, looking mm, at instances mm-hmm. number of citations? You know, peer are they peer reviewed, all that sort of thing? Um, and then the staff are really immersing themselves in their chosen research area. Um, throughout that we're meeting every fortnight so we're discussing what's been read we're bouncing ideas off each other Um, but the staff member as I said is sort of becoming the expert as 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 you were in that sort of area as as far as the reading that they've been doing Um, Uh but you know it's my role to sort of facilitate and support them to do that to make sure they're sort of starting to follow this robust process so that the, the sources that they are looking at that they are as, you know, that they they're good, credible, reliable sources. Um what I also talk to them about, and, and you'll be really aware of this, Catherine, in, in what you're doing, is that you know, I, I really urge them to keep really good notes of the things yes. that they're reading. <laughs> there is nothing worse than reading something amazing, thinking that's gonna be a fantastic quote. You know, I want to use that later, or you come to your write-up of your research and then you think, Oh, I read something that's brilliant, but I cannot remember where I where I read it, and you sort of search yeah, around, scrabble yeah. around trying to remember where you saw. It, and it can just be really, really time consuming. So right at the beginning, I'm, I'm saying to them, you know, keep really good notes. What have you read? Where, where, where can you go back into it? What was it that you think might be a good sort of uh, quote, you know, for, for the future? Um, so then after October half term, uh, it really is about sort of honing that research idea down. So we go from sort of um, a sort of broad area of research to actually coming up with research questions. You know, is there a hypothesis uh, really setting what it is that that they want to research, and that's really to sort of help avoid the the projects kind of um, the, the scope creeping, or they have this awful habit sometimes, don't they, of kind of getting bigger and bigger and bigger and out of control? Yeah, and, and, it, and... It beca- <laughs>
0: boundaries on don't you you know and it's 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 hard to do but it's so it's so necessary because absolutely. it just becomes completely unwieldy and nebulous otherwise doesn't
1: it <laughs> absolutely and, and also obviously the more specific you make it mm. then the more that will inform the next step and the next step and the next step so you know we could go from something like I don't know for example you know does retrieval practice work as a kind of theme they could be looking at that doing lots of reading to then something as specific as I don't know, um, does using weekly low-stakes testing for retrieval practice improve the test scores and reduce test anxiety in year nine history, for example, you know, and and be really, really specific. So then we know, right, I'm looking specifically at low-stakes testing. I'm looking particularly at, you know, perhaps pre- and post-test scores. on you know, whether we can assess test anxiety is another, um, and actually that was something I was hoping to look at in my master's, which, um, Sort of got a little bit derailed by, by the pandemic but <laughs> we can come back to that if, if we have time um but you know it does really inform them you know if it's students you need to research with you know which ones is it a whole year group is it a particular class um and obviously that will depend on, on what the project is you know is it staff that they want to um recruit as, as part of their um their project um, and then we also talk about possible data collection um, mm-hmm. methods so you know is it quantitative data, qualitative data, they're going to use questionnaires, focus groups, diaries, observations, all those kinds of things. Um, We will also at that stage also talk about ethical considerations.
0: I was going to Um, ask about that. Yeah, yeah,
1: so this is a real. um, For me, I mean, obviously for research as a whole, but I think since having done my dissertation, I'm even more um, keen and clear that we absolutely need to have these conversations and make sure that what we're doing are you know is is, is ethical in in every respect and obviously things like um, confidentiality anonymity the sort of keeping people's data secure gaining that mm-hmm. consent and and also one big thing we talk about is also about um, doing insider research so yes. quite a lot of people yes. are going to be thinking about um, you know we've got a project going on this year one of our art teachers is looking at um, building sort of careers sort of more career information into the curriculum to then so when students are picking their options for their GCSEs do they really have an appreciation of yeah. some of the, the the um uh jobs out there you know the, the occupations mm-hmm. that they can be doing that art could be really useful for for example and um so we've had quite a long conversation about well actually if you're going to sit in front of your own students and ask them what they think about art that could be very Tricky because that you know, you're mm. are they going to really you know be um you know uh honest, be, you know, are, know are it, honest yeah, are they going to say what they think are going to Are they going to yeah. so that's you know, all of these things we're talking about, even before we go out and ask you know, uh, ask anybody anything or gather any data, yeah. and, and this yeah. is all happening um sort of before Christmas. And I uh, what I would say is obviously some of these timings are a little bit fluid, so at the moment, we're, we're sending out. For some of the projects, um, information letters and consent forms, and all those kinds of things, mm-hmm. um, sort of as we speak, really. Um, so then, after Christmas, Jan, sort of January to February half term, that's when we really want to be collecting the data. Um, it can be quite a short half term, though, sometimes, like this time. So um, that often then continues into um, the following half term after after February. Um, once we've obviously collected the data, then we talk about data analysis. Um, we don't expect our staff to sort of do deep statistical analysis unless they really want to. We, you know, we don't want to scare anyone off doing research. Oh, you um, spoil sport! <laughs> I love, the, love a bit of SPSS, <laughs> of course. And actually, um, you know, if we've got projects that lend themselves to that, and yes, we have yeah. got other experts around the school that have experience that. can sort of draw on i mean when i was doing my maths project although i'm a maths teacher you know i went to the head of maths and said right is there some kind of statistical tool i can use for this Um, Mm -hmm. and we certainly draw upon expertise from around the school even if people are are not actually part of the research group Um, so i mean that, so that's the sort of data analysis part. And, and as I said, we don't want to scare anybody off, um, but also they might not have been collecting, obviously, quantitative data. There might have been, mm-hmm. you know, uh, might be more observations or, or sort of quotes from focus groups and, and things like that. Um, Do they ever ask...
0: use naturally occurring data that's, that's being collected anyway, like looking at student um, progress or anything like that? Or would you encourage them to actually generate some data?
1: Um, I, th- I think a bit of both and I think it depends what they're researching mm. um, and I think you know some of the information letters that go out to parents do sort of say on there you know some of these some of these things are happening anyway mm. but what we what we're looking for is consent for your child's data to be included in a research study yeah, so it's of course. not it's not necessarily saying we're going to reinvent the wheel every time and you have to collect lots of new data you know if it's about I don't know low stakes testing and does it make a difference so if you're doing assessments before and assessments after anyway mm, it's then yes. you know, i'm just doing something different in the middle part and i'm seeing if it makes a difference um so absolutely if it's if it's there anyway um you know it can obviously uh, really help depending on what the project is um so then, after Easter, the data has been collected, data has been analysed, um, and then we're then walk, uh, working towards our staff forum. So, as talked about before, you know that's where the researchers present um, um. their work, um, and then after the forum. Um, I've mentioned the journal. So we've got a, 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 this in-house journal, uh, which we're really, really proud of. And the researchers write up their research. It can be a, a sort of more formal paper, an article, a, an interview that we can sort of have an interview with them about it. Um And then um, that gets published. Um This one was published about October, November time for last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're able to send that out. We have it on our website and, and you know, visitors to the school can come and see and, and sort of read about all the research that, that's been doing. So, um, So it's quite a... a you know, it's a, it's a big piece of work across the year, yeah. um, but it is really robust. And so we want to make sure that our research, as far as possible, can you know can stand up to scrutiny. Uh, people get you know we get challenged, and sometimes staff come and ask us individual questions about pieces of research, and, say, and we're able to say, actually, this is the process we followed. This is the hypothesis. This is you know the process we went through. Um, mm. So that we we are we, we feel like, and we are able to say that we we are doing good, robust research within the school. Um,
0: that, that's really good. And I, I, d- I don't want to take away from anything you were going to say, but I noticed um, that, you know, it, we did share a bit of a conversation, a few notes beforehand, and you have this wonderful quote from Jonathan um, Firth, which is, if education is not informed by research, then what is it informed by? All too often, the answer will be traditions and assumptions, some of which will be flawed, and we won't even know which ones. And I just, I wondered if I could draw, ask you to draw out a little bit why you've um, sort of been drawn to that quote and what is it what is it about that quote in particular that that makes you really driven to to make teachers into skilled um, practitioner researchers
1: in your organisation yeah absolutely and and i have to say that is a quote that i use a lot (laughs) it's one that it's one that i am really drawn to actually um you know I think you know there's there's so many teachers that have been teaching for such a long time and they've got so much experience and expertise that you know that we have so much to learn from them and um, you know as i said i've come to teaching um as a second career and and, and relatively late to teaching or recently to teaching mm. compared to some of the teachers that, that i work alongside um so i think there's a lot to be learned from teachers as i said that have been teaching a long time but I, but it's. I, I also think that keeping abreast of you know, research and things that are, are emerging, that we need to make sure that we are not always thinking, well, what we've always done is the best thing to be doing. Um, and actually there was another quote that, um, that I was also really drawn to, which was Dylan William. He said mm. quite recently um, it, that it's about creating a culture where every teacher believes they need to improve, not because they're not good enough, but because they can be better. Um, and that's another thing that I really buy into. It's about, for me, it's about that continuous improvement. It's striving to be better, um, and that sort of how to become better, being grounded in research. Um, but I also think it's not necessarily. We don't have to position it as sort of being better. We're not saying mm-hmm. that you're not a good enough teacher. Um, but what we can do is through research, through you know what we're reading and we're learning about, sort of as things emerge and things evolve. Um, it's about providing. know the conditions so that our students can be developed in the best way possible Mm. whether that's in their subjects or pastorally or character Um, so by encouraging teachers to engage with research try new things reflect you know report on their experiences present it even um, i think we can all be continually improving for the benefit of our students and and i and it's not and that doesn't take anything away from experience and expertise and that longevity but i think it's just being open to the to trying new things and and that
0: yeah absolutely and and i think that part of what you're doing is is obviously building up the skills in people but building up the capacity in people as well so i think that one of the things that i've noticed is that the more research engaged um teachers are then the more we're able to notice and actually Mm. you know you, you stop thinking so much about what you're doing and start to actually notice the nuance. And, and it becomes, the, the dialogue surrounding it just becomes so much lower threat because mm. you're, you're expected, you're of a mindset where it's like, well, I'm going to try this and I'm going to see. Whereas I think if you are only going on experience, then you can fall into the trap of feeling a little defensive, um, yeah. which which is perhaps... It's it's not that excuse me it's not that helpful so I think it's a really holistic um, thing that's really good for teachers in general as well as the particular things they might find out. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I want to move on a little bit if I if I may just to talk about how um, you know what what is it about spreading this out to the teachers that really inspired you because you've, you've obviously got your own interests and we can all see the value in what you're doing and the actual particular things you find out but um, what's really motivated you to get involved in the CPD side of it and and really try to develop adults as well mm. as seeing the benefits to the students in the classroom?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, at, at my school, we've got we've got a really well developed CPD program. Um, there's lots of different pathways to choose from, lots of different working parties that staff can join, and and we encourage people to to contribute um, to whichever ones that you know they're interested in. You know, they can decide what to get involved in and 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 think about what skills they want to develop. I mean, I obviously run the research working party, but that's just one group that staff can get involved in. Uh, where lots, as I said, lots of staff do look to come and develop their skills and want to undertake research projects um and as i said before i think it's because we have been doing it now and it has been evolving and it has you know the more we've done it the more the school has felt more research engaged um, so that it's become quite a normal and usual thing for people mm. to start being involved and also even in sort of everyday conversations and 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 even in all you know in the other working parties having the discussions around how can we underpin what some of you are doing in your different working parties with research um, so that we're not sort of a separate working party. You know, I think we'll always have this core team of people every year who are researching the things that they are interested in and I think that's really important to hang on to but actually working together with all the different working parties where um, there are opportunities again to collaborate we've talked quite a lot lot about collaboration but you know if there's one working party that's looking at a particular thing one year and they Mm. know that's coming well they could almost commission some research to help them to further their work and Mm. they can come to the research working party and say actually you know, there may not be somebody working on it, or it may not be um, a project idea that some individual teachers come up with. But actually, uh, there are, you know, there's an opportunity here that if if someone wants to look in this area, then we'll be able to use that in our further work in a different area of the school. So, I think, um, you know, certainly the research working party will evolve um, over, you know, over the next, you know, number of years as, as much as it has over the the five years um, up until now um you know and also in terms of sort of the passion for getting people involved i think it's really? some of it's about the, the benefits you know we the research that we've been doing I, mean, I think i think that you know there's this debate isn't there around um there's one school of thought that says is there actually any value in an individual member of staff doing an individual project in an individual classroom when mm. it's you know it where's the value in that but actually we have seen so much value from all of the projects that have been doing that that have been done, um, you know, over the last five years. Um, And I think encouraging teachers to be um, research engaged to be um, to to develop those research, research skills, um, kind of, you know, can really, really, you know, we can then really, really see the benefit in lots of different ways. So, for example, even joining the working party, people Come together from so many different parts of the school, mm. working with people from different subject areas. You know, different length of time that have been at school. Um, some have different, you know, maybe departmental or pastoral responsibilities. We have support staff that are doing research projects from time to time. It really is open to everybody. So you get to work with so many different people that you probably. You, know, you might know them in passing, but you haven't necessarily yeah, ever yeah. had the opportunity to work with them. Um, so it's, it kind of stops
0: those silos forming perhaps, those silos of knowledge where everyone sort of, they don't go to the staff room anymore, they're just in their yeah. office and you know, do, do you think it actually helps with the, the general cross-pollination if you like?
1: I think it does and I think, um, as I said, with the different working parties, so many staff get involved in one or more working parties, you know, you probably I don't know the, the numbers off the top of my head, but, but you know, I would say the majority of staff probably get involved one way or another, whether that's through regular meetings or or being involved in, in you know, trying out lots of different things. Um, and I think um, over time, we have gone from a separate, as I said, a separate working party to then sort of um, working with lots lots and lots of different people in different working parties, lots of people across the school. So these conversations are all happening and making these connections with lots of people that you would, as I said, not necessarily have worked with. You know, um, the lady that's doing the the art project this year, you know, I've not really worked with her before. You know, there's, there's, mm. there's lots of, and, and, and likewise, lots of people that have, have done research over, the, over the, the, the years that we've been doing it, just coming together fortnightly to discuss what they're doing. Um, and then they kind of go back and discuss it in their departments and lots of conversations are happening. So um, people, I think, just more and more buy into having research sort of underpinning what we're doing, um, you know, as a good thing, as, a, as something that they're really embracing. Um as well. Uh, so. That that's that's
0: really great. Thank you. I mean, I've just seen Paul has put on the chat that, you know, um he works in a primary school. We're talking about secondary here and obviously they're larger organisations. Um but you know, what I might say in response to Paul and, and Katrina, I'd be interested to know your views on this as well in a moment, because um, I get involved with the ECT, um, particularly the second year of the ECF framework, um, where there's a real focus on practitioner research and uh, professional inquiries and, and all ECTs would be um, engaged in designing and carrying out a string yeah. of different professional inquiries. So I do think, um, in answer to your question paul i think that there are things that individual teachers can do but i think and i appreciate that it can be more challenging in a smaller organization but i i think that if, if the school leaders are minded to set some directed time aside for co um co-creation and the design of you know things that people might want to find out and do some very small um um, research projects, then then I think it's not impossible. But I, I having not worked in a primary school, I don't want to, to speak too much to the logistics of that. Um Katrina, I wonder if you've got any thoughts on on the scale of these things. Can it we thought about it being scaled up? Do you think it can be scaled down?
1: Yeah, I mean absolutely so um the staff forum that we had last year actually um we invited some external people to come to the forum um and um I spent the hour before the staff forum talking the visitors through um, basically some of what we've been talking about this evening. Mm. So how how we'd started and how things have evolved and, and, and some of the enablers to the research um, in our school. And some of the people that came to that were actually from primary schools um, and through the discussion. I mean, I. I I said right back at the beginning, didn't I? I I do feel very privileged to have a research lead role and mm. lots of schools don't have them. And certainly I'm um, speaking to a, a primary school colleague um, a few weeks ago who, who sort of looked at me like, um, you know, we, we'd never have a research uh, lead role in our primary school. But, but through the um, session that I ran, one thing that came out was, again, back to collaboration. There was a primary school there that was really interested in doing a piece of research. Um, and... Um, the way that we were we were going to take that forward was actually they were going to start following our process and I was going to support them sort of cross school so that they were carrying out the research within their school doing what they wanted to do with the research but they were going to kind of keep up in terms of the process so that they were sort of doing the Mm -hmm. same things at the same time that we were doing so they were sort of having the benefit of that structured program and and somebody to bounce ideas off uh, whilst not having to set up the whole structure within their own school um, I mean what I would say is obviously in, in primary um, and actually what happened with that project at the moment is that um, structures changed and 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 the time then wasn't available to, to mm. do that this year but it's certainly something that we would look to do with primary schools um, or, or even other you know any other school um, in the future where um, and actually I, I have had a number of conversations with different schools both secondary and primary um, you know up and I was going to say up and down the country it's not been that many conversations but there's been local and national and even uh, yeah. one conversation with a, with a school overseas around um, working together to you know for us to support other schools you know there are schools that are a long way you know further ahead on their journey and in, in this path than we are but we we know we're quite a long way forward versus some schools that are perhaps starting out yes Um, and i would certainly be really open to to sort of conversations with schools wherever they might be in terms of supporting schools that are really keen to to undertake research Um, and we you know any way we can help and support that um you know very very happy to hear to hear from people really so whether that's primary or secondary but i think there is an appetite and, and an increasing appetite in terms of doing research in primary. But as you say, Catherine, I don't work in primary, so I don't know all of the challenges, but certainly mm-hmm. I have started to have some of those conversations with, with primary colleagues to um, to just see how we can support that for them.
0: No, that's, that's really brilliant. Thank you. I'm going to take another short break now. Just uh, We've got about... Um, 12 minutes left of the show We're going to take another short break and then we come back and let's uh, let's get into some of the challenges and perhaps um, once we've talked about that very briefly we'll open it up for anyone who might want to to ring in and contribute okay so we'll, we'll come back in just a moment
2: Bet UK is just two weeks away. Are you ready to join 30,000 attendees, 600 plus exhibitors on seven content stages from 120 countries? And see Louis Theroux, Dame Darcy Bustle, Jason Arday, Laura Karner, Baroness Louella Benjamin, Dan Fitzpatrick, Mr. PICT, and so much more. I might need to bring my trainers. The best part? educators go free get your ticket now at uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration
3: this show is brought to you in partnership with john Cat educational publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world have you checked out their latest releases use the code jcttr 2324 for 20 percent off your order don't miss out visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today happy reading
2: introducing eton x from eton college a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving and many more. Offer the EtonX curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more.
0: excellent and uh we're back just for the last sort of 10 minutes or so and and uh welcome back katrina and thank you so much you've shared some really really excellent ideas with us and it's been a real pleasure hearing from you and uh it's so clear how enthusiastic and buoyed you are by by your work i mean it's just absolutely wonderful um but it's not always a straight or easy linear path is it and i wonder if you could just spend a moment telling us a little bit about some of the challenges that you've um faced in terms of the implement implementation of these projects or the the whole process itself
1: yeah i mean i mean one thing to say in terms of challenges i think um sometimes it, it could be a challenge to think about which of all of the opportunities do we go for what what should we research because there are so many different areas you know as i said the, the projects that happen in my school are so varied every year and sometimes people come and say oh, i'd quite like to research this area and i'd be thinking well i had absolutely no idea that that was even an area <laughs> you know so there are so many opportunities that, that we can sort of embrace and, it, and it's that you know that that can be quite overwhelming sometimes to think about well what areas should we focus in um I think one um, quite key area we talked a little bit earlier about um, sort of lots of reading and and making sure we're getting credible sources and all those kinds of things. But um, sometimes just simply the access to some of that can be Mm. so difficult um you know so much research is hidden behind paywalls um again you're searching scrabbling around you know you've you've you've, um, perhaps looked on you know google scholar or something and and you've seen something that looks fantastic just exactly what you're looking for and then you click through and it's about you know 50 pounds for 24 hour access or something um yes and actually i was at a i was at a research conference um in september and there was a a member of the audience and I I do apologise to them because I I don't know who they were. So I can't credit them with this idea. But they were talking about, you know, could it not be possible um, for teachers somehow to get access with their DFE number or something? Mm. Just because then actually, if people are doing this research, you know, there is a purpose for that. And if it's academic, you know, educational research, surely the purpose is to get it into the hands of the people that could actually implement it. Yes. But we do find it so difficult sometimes to actually find find stuff to read, or we, as I said, we find things that we really want to read, but actually then we can't access it. Um, Having said that, you know, I don't think the answer is that we ask all teachers to go and seek out and read academic journal papers or, you know. Because they can be to... quite hefty, can't Yeah, they can. And, and, and again, <laughs> even, if, even if you do get through them, um, you know, I don't think, again, it's practical to ask teachers to individually work out, you know, how to develop their teaching based on what they've read. And so I also think that one challenge is having research available in sort of bite-sized yes. know, digestible formats so again it gets into the hands of teachers but it isn't hard going and you know pages and pages and reams of reams of, of, of research to get through chunky um, yeah. um, methodology section <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i sort of tend to read the abstract and the yeah. conclusions that's sort of the way to go i think um you know and even if you do as i said when you you know if you do read it there is that gap i think Even if we can read it and digest it, it, there is that gap between sort of academia um, and the implementation, Um, and that's a gap that I would really, you know, going forward, if I think about how um, my role can evolve over the next few years, you know, there's lots of different ways it can evolve, but evolve, but but one of those ways, you know, could be looking at perhaps working with universities or institutions Mm. to try and sort of bridge that gap between the work that they're doing. Perhaps we've become a school that they test research in. I don't know what it might look like, Um, but certainly at the moment, it just feels like there's research out there. Um, We need to access it. We sort of, we want to read it, and then we want to try and do something with it. Um, And then also one thing we haven't really talked about um, tonight so far is about that importance of context. Mm. Again, if you're reading um, papers and research, you know, that may may have, you know, excellent outcomes. And the conclusions are all really, really positive. But that will have taken place in a setting or a number of settings Mm. in particular environments when you know, just because it works somewhere over here doesn't necessarily mean that it works um, in our setting. So that that is
0: exactly the subject of my (laughs) What What is it what are those kind of magic ingredients that when you know what's going on <laughs> that and can you kind of identify it? Can you create it? I mean, probably not, but it's that's exactly my my area of like, well, why is it working here and and not yeah. there, and uh, how do you contextualize things and make an organization kind of open to it really?
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're not trying in our school to do sort of randomised controlled trials and come mm-hmm. out with sort yeah. of these conclusions that this definitely works everywhere. You know, what we're doing is we're doing lots of reading and we're saying from what we've read, you know, once we've been able to access it <laughs> uh, but from what we've read, you know, then um, how could this look in our school or in our, you know, in an individual classroom or whatever it is that, that we're looking at? Um to then say, well, does this thing that we've read about actually transfer into our context? So we're not trying to invent lots of new research. We're not trying to do, you know, as I said, randomized control trials. I think they'd be incredibly difficult to do mm. from an ethics perspective in an individual school, anyway. Yeah, I'm um, not
0: sure. I'm not convinced it's it's possible.
1: No, with, I don't.
0: With human beings, really, exactly. unless, unless it's an actual medicine or something, you
1: know. And also, you know, you've got the, the issues potentially of saying, right, well, I've. I've, I've Come across this really great thing that looks like it's going to be really brilliant but what we're going to do is we're only going to let some of you have access to it yeah, and the rest of yeah. the students we're going to keep doing the thing that we think isn't as good you know as soon Until as we can stuff, confirm how bad yeah. failing you. <laughs> exactly exactly so actually what we put so what we're doing is saying well, we've read this thing this research in whatever field it might be and we're saying actually let's see if it does work and you, you know we might want to have some kind of control group but we don't want to sort of deprive a group of students from something that we think mm. is really good and that's yeah. where a randomised control trial would fall down in a school anyway um particularly in a, a you know if you were just trying to do it in one setting so um yeah so absolutely that context you know that that um I'm trying to think where we were coming from but we were talking about weren't we that gap between the research that that's coming from academia and then that gap between actually getting it you know into the classroom um so that i think is is one of the biggest biggest sort of yeah. challenges. But no, it's. But Sorry, go, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, you know, that's where I think, you know, kind of going full circle here, that's where having, you know, team of staff that are research engaged, that want to carry out research and want to mm. be doing this and are really passionate about it. You know, we can't solve the issues of access to journals and everything, but what we can do is we are sort of developing this, helping to develop this culture of research, you know, where staff are hearing from colleagues' experiences, they're, mm. you know, getting buoyed up by it, they're getting excited by it, they're very open to sort of, research engage risk uh, risk taking yes um, so that then you know we can we can see what works in our context um, as well so
0: no, that's that's really brilliant thank you and we are very nearly out of time um, and I've got a couple of messages here uh, Mr Zima I don't know if the school districts are going on strike right now um, <laughs> in Canada I'm really sorry not to be able to answer your question and I, I did see it and I apologize for not having that information um, but I hope you're very well and I hope that whatever is going on gets resolved um, and we have another comment here from Paul as well thank you Paul you found Uh, particularly in primary that environmental factors are a massive influence on outcome and therefore data Uh, research on ideal environments for assessment would be really good to read and useful too Mm, and mm. and paul i wonder we've got only a couple of minutes left but i wonder if you do you mean sort of the home environments of the children that's actually very influential in in your context um Yeah, so both, so the the sort of the school environment, the home environment, um, and of course there's so much that we, you know, we can't control, and uh, is beyond our influence as well, so it's, I think, certainly in my journey as an educational researcher, you have to start to think about, you know, where can I shine my torch, and can I see what is a little bit murky at the moment, and clarify it very slightly, Um, and really we can't, do much more than that um and that's a really valuable thing because if enough of us have got a torch then we can we can clarify um quite a lot um but it's always you know the waters of human beings are extremely muddy it's an extremely complex environment we're extremely complex creatures and Mm. our our cultures and our socialization are extremely uh, complex as well And, and i think you know to to sort of stretch the analogy, if we all could, if we could have a workforce of teachers who've all got, you know, a good torch and are willing to shine it into the dark places, then I think that would be an excellent thing for the knowledge we could um, generate and share in our communities. so, so, I'm just going to wrap up now. Thank you so much Katrina. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope that you've enjoyed talking to us and our listeners tonight. I know that there will be an awful lot of people that come back and listen on the um, podcast as well and uh, as I mentioned in the podcast, I'm just going to just remind you all that we have shows on Teachers' talk radio throughout the week and they are Available to download on Spotify or Podbean or Teachers Talk Radio.org um, as well. And uh, please do have a look. There's all kinds of topics on there which uh, you might be interested in. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please do get in touch as well because we're always looking for content and uh, we're always looking for teachers to have conversations, interesting conversations with each other um, to form an archive of really interesting um, teachers talking about their practice and the challenges and opportunities that we experience. So thank you so much, for Katrina, again, for joining us. and. Uh, I hope we'll we'll talk again soon.
1: Yeah, thank you, Catherine. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.
0: You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And so it brings us to the end of today's Late Late Show. Many thanks to our special guest today, Katrina Blunt, and to all of you who have joined us live and uh, who might be listening back. Remember, there are Teachers Talk Radio shows on all week. Join me again fortnightly at the same time. Bye for now.